You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, we have the lovely, the beautiful, I'm buttering them up right now, Adrian McDonald, all the way from the likes of County Galway, Ireland, is where he hails from. Health and, I'm going to say, fitness expert online coach. Adrian, welcome to the show. Coleman, thank you for the lovely introduction, and it's a pleasure being here, my man. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. I suppose myself and Adrian would have connected day one on social media, being individuals who are all into all things health. And for those people who um, haven't seen Adrian in the flesh, he is absolutely shredded. He is one of the elite, I would say, but is someone that breaks it down for people in such a simple manner, both exercise, nutrition. That's why I brought him on the likes of uh, this show. Isn't that right, Adrian? Absolutely, Coleman. Pleasure. And just for everyone listening, Coleman was on my podcast too. So it's uh, it's uh, it's reciprocity, but it's great that we got to connect through Brian Kane, a mutual friend of ours, who we were just speaking about before and off air. What a fantastic mentor he's been. Like on a personal note, he's really, really inspired me to do what I'm doing today. And I know he's helped you a lot in your business as well, Coleman. Yeah, massively. Yeah. We can even further expand on that point to be the first thing that uh, we can mention. How key a coach, a mentor is in bringing people to the next level. The idea is it's not that you wouldn't ever reach that position on your own. It's just it really, really does help. It shortens your learning curve. And I suppose, uh, would you agree with that? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Something I heard Brian say that really resonated with me is you can pay in money, you can pay in time. And for any goal any of us wants to accomplish, whether it's in your health, in your business, you can probably get there at some stage, but the, the, question is how long in your time are you willing to pay and the thing with the time is it's a it's a finite resource you kind of get it back once you lose it whereas with money you can always work more you can always be more you can always do more but for me i'd much rather shorten my learning curve by investing in someone who knows the way who shows the way and just uh often as well coleman whether it's your health whether it's your fitness whether it's your business sometimes we're so emotionally attached to these things that when someone has like that outside view it's almost like they can just tell you and see some some of your gaps that maybe you just don't identify straight away yourself. Yeah. And like to tell tell the listeners and the viewers, the point is myself and Adrian were literally chatting before we went on, trying to literally use up our finite time before we started recording this podcast. Here, what kind of <laughs> tips do you have? Okay, I'll give you a couple of tips on that one. Well, what, what, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that girl? Yeah, okay, I'll give you no, 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 they're good. Yeah, I definitely recommend touching base with them. And that's what it is. People exchange information and point them in the right direction so that, again, that they can be their best. And I actually told Adrian that the idea is I love having guests on that are even in the same field as me. And he was like, we were just chatting and saying, why, why is that? I have no problem in, I suppose, sharing uh, you know, clients or possible clients because it's the fact that not everyone certainly is going to enjoy Coleman Power, the high energy man from County Waterford who is into all things organic. That's 100% guaranteed. You're not everybody's cup of tea, but you're somebody's shot of whiskey. <laughs> I love that, man. That's a, that's a phrase for the ages there. Awesome, man. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. Oh, do, do. You have to tag me. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. But you are right. I not everyone's a good fit for everyone, and that's why 
I, whether you're investing in a coach or doing it yourself, you're just consuming people's content. I think it's important as well. You just audit who you're taking information in from. And if they if if you ask yourself after consuming their content, they put you in a better or worse mood. And I know for me, uh, some people that maybe I would have followed in the past during a different period of life, just maybe now I'm at a different stage where I don't need to consume as much of their content and I'll find somebody else who will resonate better. So as you said there, not everyone's a good fit for everyone. Yeah, too right. I suppose, Adrian, what would something that you find a lot with a lot of your clients that are struggling with weight loss or nutrition or exercise be that they're struggling with on a regular basis with the, the general public? I think the whole like weekend warrior mindset mentality that I'm eating pretty clean Monday to Friday, but then it's like something flicks at the weekend and... I think a lot of it comes down to boredom, Coleman, that they're working 40, 50 hours a week, Monday to Friday. But then with a bit of extra time off, they lose the routine. They sleep in. They uh, don't have really a plan in place for what they're going to eat. So they just eat on the go. They decide that they're just going to have one takeout meal. But that turns into a takeout meal with some alcohol involved. And then they are waking up the following morning, maybe feeling not 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 too well for wear and they'll have something like a fry and little do they know that over like the course it would say two meals they're consuming an extra three four five thousand calories so i definitely think for anyone out there if fat loss is the goal a big big tip that i would give is look at your calories from a weekly instead of a daily point of view that if you're factoring in some higher days at the weekend just make sure that you are banking some calories during the week so that at the end of the week, you're still in a weekly calorie deficit. An example I'll give is if you're having 2,000 calories a day and you're losing weight at that, well, 2,000 times 7 is 14,000 calories. So you could technically have a 3,000 calorie day, but as long as then for the rest of the week, you're, you're not going over the, the whatever, 11,000 divided by 6, you can still be in a weekly calorie deficit. Yeah. Because it does, come, for the most part, come down to the likes of a numbers game. I know some people say, oh my God, Coleman, are you actually for real? That you want me to write it down? You want me to enter it in? That I have to do this? But I would often say, it's the idea of like doing your times yeah. tables. Once you do them, you now know the five times 100%. five is 25. Five times six is, please don't make me do any more maths. But... <laughs> 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 if, if I was regularly doing them but uh, here I'll, uh, to back myself up I now know that 100 grams of either chicken fish I'm going to say or turkey or any of the meats would have 20 grams of protein on a rough gauge I know that the typical yogurt that I consume would be high protein and typically low fat and ranges from 62 calories but also has 10 grams of protein if I have 10 grams two, of protein yeah Amen, that's yeah. it. So those numbers are religiously in my head and obviously not my times tables uh, <laughs> so it's what you <laughs> what you religiously practice and once you're supposed to have an understanding of foods and just like that and another example to people is when you're looking at the likes of your wages your wages comes in every week it's simply the same amount if you're most certainly someone who's employed you have the same amount of tax you have the same amount of wage usb and whatever other things that come out of it those figures don't massively change on a given day on a given week 100%. on a given month yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it's not the goal with this with counting calories. It's not that you have to be a slave or a victim to my fitness pal. But what it does give you is education. And once you have the education, you have the knowledge and skills to bring with you. And I think the ultimate measure of how effective this is, is if you get to a point where what I call nutritional mastery, where you have the body, the physique, the body fat percentages that you want, yet you don't need to count your calories, but you have a good awareness of what roughly you're taking in per day. That you're having protein at every meal 
meal, maybe veggies, one or two of the meals, mostly single ingredient foods. And you look the way you like, you want to look, you perform the way you want to perform and you're feeling good in yourself. And if you can do that, that just shows you have a good level of and knowledge of nutrition. But that doesn't come that doesn't come at the expense of just never doing it. The, the purpose of doing it is that you have that understanding initially so that you can take that education with you going forward. Yeah, great point, Adrian. So glad that like Adrian is given, I'm going to say, ample, simple advice there. It's the idea that you have to do it to gain the advantage of it. You can't just hope that, and again, to this is one of the reasons why, Adrian might agree or disagree, that people yo-yo diet. They say, I lost such and such a number of pounds, stone, whatever amount. And then they go, I put it all back on. That's because you don't know how you got there. You don't understand. You didn't understand the food that you ate. And this would drive me mad. Juice diets. And I didn't actually know there was a thing. There's an apple diet. You just only eat an apple. There's probably a Mars bar diet and there's celery or a lunchbox diet. And that's just not helpful. Because we can all lose weight, we can all gain weight, we do up and down as many times as we like. But if we don't understand what foods are made up of and how the body runs on that basic level of proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. 100%. Unsustainable methods yield unsustainable results. And that's the problem with the dieting culture. The goal should be, I'd say for anyone listening, if fat loss is the main goal, I want to lose fat or I want to lose weight. But let's not attach a timeline to it. I think it is good to have targets in place, but... Rather, why not just make the goal of being healthier, losing fat and keeping it off long term? Because with your fitness, as we said, with time, it's a finite game. Once it's gone, it's gone. You don't ever just win the game of fitness. It's a game of life. And the goal should be just keep doing it day in, day out. And if you cannot follow something for a, a day or a decade, why try follow it for a day? And that's the way I feel with like, just with dieting in general, I think dieting gets a bad rap, Coleman. I like to just use the word nutrition or other other alternative words because it's just a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It's not necessarily a diet when you just have good habits in place in the, on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and great, great to change. The, the words you say are massively important and they literally change the way you think. Is there, a, I'm going to say, tips that you would pass on to either individuals whether in families or they're I suppose just literally having a goal to lose weight or to lose fat in the new year being 2024 this will be coming out in the likes of the month of February but yeah any goal and tips that you would pass on and say Jesus yeah a lot of people could literally love and would gain advantage of this point so I'm a big believer in eating more bigger meals and less frequent snacks so when I'm often looking at our clients they're their food diaries on my fitness pal. What I'll often notice, Coleman, is their snack calories are much higher than their meal calories. So breakfast could be something like porridge. Lunch could be something like, I don't know, sometimes it could be soup and a, and a piece of bread. And then it comes around to five o'clock and dinner is like the typical Irish dinner, some form of meat, some form of veg, some form of potato. But only at that meal, they've only had one lean source of protein a day. So the first thing I would say is eat more. And you might be thinking that's mad. Eat more to lose weight. Yes, but eat more of the right kind of food. So have protein at every single meal. Breakfast options, something like eggs. Egg whites are very good. Greek yogurt. If it comes to a protein, get a scoop of protein powder, fire it in there. Smoke salmon as well is another good option. For lunch then, let's try add a big, big tip I'm, I'm a believer in is if you cook dinner the night before, 
there's you're not going to throw the food out so cook a bit extra have a bigger portion and use yesterday's dinner for tomorrow's lunch it's going to save you time you know what you're putting in your mouth and it's a nice way to get a good lean source of protein or alternative could be something like a salad and try get some greens in there as well and then all of a sudden meal one breakfast meal two lunch you've got two lean source of protein dinner comes around let's get another lean source of protein and veggies in there and that way what i often find with clients is when they start eating bigger meals that they reduce the snacking in between because snacking comes as a result of just kind of, you know, having some, I don't know, crackers for breakfast and a banana and like something tiny, like, I don't know, a piece of cheese and some avocado and a tiny bit of toast. And no wonder you're starving. Like, no wonder you have to stop at the service station on the way home to get a protein bar, a cookie and a cappuccino because you haven't eaten a square meal yet. So I'm a big believer in having more and bigger meals like bulking them up with protein with fiber having making sure you're drinking plenty of water and subsequently that's going to reduce your snack calories that'll be a start point i think at least yeah no it's, it's a really good point you mentioned and i would even fall follow myself into that because we're we're no i'm going to say elite gods or anything for that matter we just learned and we learned quickly because we got mentors or coaches or looked at specific pieces of content on social media. And it was YouTube that I learned a lot of things from. Um, but I would have had for breakfast, my previous breakfast, well, we can go way back when I was in secondary school, I was eating actually Weetabix with sugar, like a biscuit. That's what I used to eat. I swear to God, I don't know how many would have left me. Same as Afro. What you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I've, I've memories of my dad and I've asked him to make the Weetabix. And I often wondered how did he make it so nice? He lathered it in sugar. So it was just like three biscuits, a load of milk, a load of sugar. Tastes incredible. Got you up out of bed. But look, it's carbohydrate and it's sugar starting off your day. Yeah, 100%. That's so funny. That's very interesting. I could even, I, I don't know, is it better or worse? I used to be um someone to drink a lot of milk. So I used to have them dry, like, oh my God. So that was a dry mouth. I was Oh drinking. my God. But, but I'll tell you even <laughs> worse. What I used to do was I used to actually have apple juice in a big, massive glass that I would drink after a bite. So a bite, mm, crunch, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then down, I would chase it with apple juice. So it was like carb on carb on carb. What I was would saying. you not? Would you not have just put the apple juice into the wheel mixes and not more or less the same? I don't know. If you know, as a child, you're like, I just want them separate. Mam, dad, get away. No, no, this sure. is me. And I would put fucking like the likes of the two cereals. Maybe I special K was there for my brother or my sister yeah. or my mom. And then the other one was the Weedabix box. Literally blocked me in. You know yourself, kids. And I'm a big 100%. kid. On that note, though, I think the what you put into your mouth for the first meal of the day is very important. And if you're someone who starts with a high sugar breakfast, what typically I often find is that leads to further cravings throughout the day. So for anyone listening, what I would highly recommend is you start your day off with a good lean source of protein. And if you're having like, you know, cereal, what I would, I, I, I certainly would advise against like high sugar cereals, the likes of cornflakes and stuff, and at least try to get a slower absorbing carbohydrate. So porridge is always a good one. I know some, like some brands of like bran flakes aren't the, aren't the worst in terms of like fiber and in terms of sugar content, but ideally you want to be starting your day with a low sugar, high protein breakfast because that's not going to stimulate cravings for your following meal. Yeah, definitely. Carbohydrates increase your blood sugar levels, which lead to what goes up, must come down. And by God, that's the main reason why people are looking and calling it 11s. Like, oh, I have to have my 11s. What, what will I have? 
So what else are you going to have? It's not going to be a bloody dinner. It's going to be some sugar treat sweet. And that word treat also drives me up the walls. Oh, Coleman, I love a treat. Treat yourself to a lovely breakfast. Have the <laughs> egg falafels. Jesus Christ, give yourself the best opportunity that you possibly can with your foods that you're eating. Amen, brother. You're treating yourself to a chocolate bar that you're sniffing and going, oh my God, I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm just going to have a small one. And you're sniffing it and then you're eating it and you're, oh, you're, you're literally driving yourself insane, mentally insane with that kind of a technique in itself. So I, I actually should have started though, when you mentioned what are some good fat loss tips, the number one rule with with nutrition, I believe, is if a food is in the house, sooner or later, it's going to be. So if you know that your weakness, for me, my weakness is granola. Like I don't do moderation with that chocolate granola for whatever reason it is. I'm not having this. I'm not having a bowl. I'm having the bag. So I just know that that's a weakness of mine. So therefore, I, I don't buy it. But everyone I feel has one or two of those foods. Common ones being like chocolate peanuts. I know a lot of people. It could be Pringles. It could be uh, at Christmas time. It could be the biscuits or whatever. But if a food is in the house, sooner or later it's going to be eaten. So just some simple ways here. What I recommend is increase the resistance of getting the, getting access to those foods. That let's just say you want the bar of chocolate, let's just say you want the takeaway or whatever it might be, that you make yourself at least drive to the shop or that you have to at least walk or go there because if it's so convenient that all you have to do is literally get up, go to the kitchen, grab it in the press, it's going to be very hard to resist. And what you need to understand is your willpower, it's a, it's a muscle. It's like your biceps in the gym. It tires, it fatigues as the day goes on. And if you have to build up all this willpower to say no, to say no, to say no, but then you've got a stressful day at work, you've got emails, you're, you're dealing with some stuff with the family, your willpower will be drained as the day goes on. And then you come home in the evening time and you're feeling a little stressed and you just see it there in the press. And all of a sudden you're having one, you're having two, you're having the full packet. So what I would say is optimize your food environment for fat loss. It really is a silent and the secret sauce of this, I believe that get your weekly food shop done and if there's any foods that triggers you at least don't bring don't bring them into the house and make yourself walk or drive to the shop if you really want them because that delays the gratification and it will give you time to like just think relax and decide is this helping me or is this hindering my progress love it and that's one of the things as well my weakness would be peanut butter i do you know the kg tubs of peanut butter I can, <laughs> I can finish one of them in two days that is literally <laughs> off the rails, right? That's just me. Unreal. Just Unreal, right? Unreal. Oh, if there's a peanut class. butter competition out there, please notify me. I'm in and I'm in it to win it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mad. And, and peanut butter, what is it? It's 600 calories per 100 grams. So you're looking at a 3K, 3K calories over a half tub or 6K over the tub. Yeah, madness. That's it. I see, see the way we're able to do those numbers. Okay, that's something that more people need to learn a little bit about. It's just like, you know, how much most certainly the house that you live in costs, you know, and we know by looking at a food item, how many proteins, fats and carbs, which makes up calories in a given day, a food item is, whether it's that peanut butter tub that I know. And I'm sure that, you know, very close to the likes of the macros broken down for the likes of your granola as well. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you'd be looking at what per per 100 grams, you're looking at about 450 calories. Uh, quite high in the sugar, quite low in the protein typically, and actually quite can be a decent amount of fat because there's typically like nuts and stuff thrown in there. 
And that's it. See, that is, and sometimes that might blow over people's head because we're going to say, and that's that's what literally people are listening to. They're listening to conversations and sometimes we don't understand the conversation. Okay. Yeah. So that's it. You have to come back down to wherever you're at nutritionally, uh, your information. Because some people, for the most part, Adrian, they don't understand macros. What are macros? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Even even if that is the case, like just a simple analogy would be: if you think of your plate and think of your plate as a clock, that if you want to have, would say, from the twelve to the five, that'll be like a lean source of protein, or twelve to the four at least. That's your chicken breast. That's your piece of salmon. That's your steak. That's your lean meat. From the four to the nine, they're your veggies. So get your greens in. And then from the nine to the 12, that'll be your potatoes. That'll be your carbohydrates. So it's just a simple way to partition out your plate where you have protein, you got some fiber, and you got some complex carbohydrates at the very, very basic level. And then from there, you could even potentially transition into like, okay, a, a palm of protein, a cup full of carbs, two, two, two fists of veggies, and a thumb of fat. But we spoke about food environment and just a simple way to actually learn more about this would be just invest in the kitchen scales. Costs like 10 or 12 quid on Amazon. Leave it in the kitchen. And just for the first week or two, if you're putting a bowl of porridge down, just turn the scale to zero, measure your portion of, of oats, and you'll just have a good understanding, okay, that's 50 grams. So 50 grams is roughly half a cup. And then you, could, you that's one thing that you've learned. And just add to your base of knowledge every week then. Yeah, yeah, love that point. You can do the same with peanut butter, even though I don't need the scales for the peanut butter. For <laughs> what else you would like to use? I'm just going to put this out there, right? I hadn't previously um, thought about asking you this question. Right, so I suppose nutrition for a lot of people is it can be scary, okay? Fat is, fat is a big red word that's thrown out there willy-nilly. But for the most part, people are unsure about nutrition. So sometimes this is what happens. People undereat. The majority of people, 90% of people I come into contact, they undereat. They undereat and then they tend to binge eat on some food item that they've restricted out the other side of it. Has there been anything, I suppose, along the lines of when you were learning coming up through the years, um, food-wise, that you go, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that I used to think, and I'll just give my own example um, of this, avocados. I 100% completely would have stayed miles away from an avocado because it had the word fat in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's such a great point there about the binge eating. Uh, for myself, I mean, I would have struggled and had my own challenge with binge eating in the past. And I think, first of all, binge eating comes from this restrictive mindset that if I can't have something, when someone tells you you can't do something, you automatically want to do the opposite. So rather than the binge eating approach, what I'm a big believer is in is, you know, Alan Aragon wrote a book in it, Flexible Dieting, where that 80-20 principle, and the 80-20 principle, as everyone knows, or I'm sure everyone knows, is 80% of your calories, not your foods, come from real single ingredient whole foods. An apple is just an apple. Apple juice is not just an apple. It may contain elements of an apple, but it's also got some added ingredients. And if you can get 80% of your calories from single ingredient foods, what are single ingredient foods? They're foods that your great-grandparents 100 years ago would have eaten, which you can just typically pick, you can grow, you can just get from nature. They're whole foods. And then 20% of your calories from what we call more, quote unquote, processed foods. A mistake people make is they think they're at 80-20 when in reality they're only at like 60-40. So a bad example of 80-20 would be that let's just say people think, okay, I've got 10 foods and two of those foods are a McDonald's burger and fries and the rest is a chicken finish, a broccoli, a chicken breast, et cetera, et cetera. 
even though technically two of those are 20% of those foods are quote unquote processed, it's not 20% of the calories. That's where a lot of people go wrong. But back to my own, back to your original question about some of the stuff that I was challenged with, like, God bless my mum. She's an absolute legend. I I went to college in Mary. I started teaching Conan and to the mother's to the mother's dinner. And she would have white potatoes there, Irish white spots. But I was of the opinion that white potatoes, for some reason, they got a bad rap. They make you fat. And I just wouldn't have eaten them. Like, I put it on the plate aside. I would have just left them out because that's what I thought people were saying online. So that was definitely something that I had to learn the hard way. And just maybe one other note on this. Something that I found quite challenging on my own transformation journey is, as you mentioned, Colmey, you learn a lot through YouTube. But then you're watching these YouTubers who have six-pack abs and they look fantastic and yet they're only showing their highlight reels of them eating cereal post-workout and people just everyday people like you and i we're kind of off the opinion that how can he or she can eat like that but actually look shredded but social media is a highlight reel and people are often only showing like one meal out of their 28 meals a week so don't believe everything that you see online as well yeah great point and well what do we do and for people that don't know yourself Adrian or don't know me that well what would you recommend to them so we're two individuals you can put us roughly in the same category as people who are influencers we're getting people to lose weight live healthy lifestyles but yet we still have the six-pack we are maybe put into the same bracket as those people yeah yeah well it depends again as you said everything is all perspective and it just comes down to the message that you're putting out. But I think if you practice what you preach and you're genuine in your approach, people can read through that sooner rather than later. So that's my spin on that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't really have much much else to say in that. Like, the, again, just it's going back to the original point. There's so many methods out there. But if you understand the principles, you could choose your own methods. Yeah, you can choose and, and, your own I'm, methods. I'm not putting so, that up to catch you. It's more so to even say that... I could um, help you out on that question. And the point is that if you were actually to listen to Adrian's content on a regular basis and his podcast, did you get more in-depth and in-person with that individual and go over to the likes of, if people are watching here on YouTube and there'll be clips up of this uh, for reels later on at a stage, there is, I wouldn't be able to count, I barely spell, but there is over, I'm going to say 30, 40, could be 50 images of before and after photographs of clients that most certainly Adrian has helped. That is something that doesn't happen by chance. Again, these are, um, I'm going to say, testimonials and that you can literally go over to his page. Some of them may uh, have anonymous, some of them may have their names left there and to touch base with them. That's the best thing you can possibly do. Get information from people you like, know and trust. And that's the idea. Not everybody likes Coleman. Not everybody is suited to Adrian. Not everybody likes uh, X, Y, girl, boy. The point is you find the person that suits you. And that's the person that's going to, I suppose, you're going to listen to. Because remember, all this information is out there. Isn't that right, Adrian? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And like, for instance, that's how I resonated with Brian. Because... Number one, we are from the same county, Galway. But then Brian is a very similar backstory to me. He used to be a primary school teacher. He taught for a couple of years, just like me. So that was something that I could already relate to him on. So again, I knew him, I liked him, I trusted him. And that's how we built that connection. So absolutely, you'll find, uh, find a coach that you resonate with, You know, learn more about them, uh, see if they help people similar to yourself. And then that's 
potentially an opportunity for you to consume their content. And if you've built up enough, know, like, and trust, potentially reach out to getting some extra support. Yeah, definitely. It's that key point that we'll keep on singing about. It's not that you won't ever reach your full potential without a mentor or coach. They just shorten your learning curve. Okay. Because most people, 100%. the idea is, okay, you can, can't get more time. You can always get more money. Time is invaluable right to you and when 100%. you're your best you look your best you feel your best you're not the only person who wins your family your job and most people that i end up training to get a raise i tell them now you have to give me half the raise that was in the contract and written down <laughs> the bottom that's what you have to do a hundred percent just something that we didn't touch on comics i know you mentioned before and that you know your average listeners are your busy working professionals in their you know maybe 40 to 50 bracket or, and, or even probably 30 to 50, 55. But something important for people, particularly over like the age of 40, is that you your strength decreases by about 10% per decade. So as you age, it becomes more and more important that you do some element of strength training. And I know for a lot of people, if you're probably a parent listening to this, that like Coleman there, Coleman said he hasn't been to the gym in a week when we spoke off air. But something is always better than nothing. And I think for a lot of busy workers, the best way to get in shape isn't to go to the gym, it's to do it at home. Because you probably don't have time to be commuting 20 minutes to, 20 minutes from. And what you could do is just an effective home workout with just a set of dumbbells. By the time you're finished 30 minutes, you could have the breakfast cook and have your shower and you'd be ready to go inside 45 minutes to an hour. So I would just recommend for everyone as well to make sure you're trying to do some element of strength training every week. And the best form of strength training is the one you can commit to long term. So that could just be a case that if you can just dedicate three 30 minute sessions and try to get your steps above, I don't know, 7,500 a day, that they could be some weekly non-negotiables for you. Yeah, love it. And even just to further expand on that, what are the typical exercises that you might even recommend? Do you, on a given uh, given exercise or burpees in there? What? Give me an example. So on the typical program, again, it's kind of like with nutrition. If you understand the fundamental movement, you can choose your own methods. And there's a lot of different approaches you can take. But I'm just thinking of, okay, the listener out here, that if you are working out at home, you're not training in the gym, there's seven movements you want to hit. So an upper body push, an upper body pull. So the upper body push, first of all, that would be something like a lying down a dumbbell floor press or just a push-up. And then an upper body push where you're standing, so something like a shoulder press. Upper body pull would be something like a row. And then a vertical pull, that would be something like, you could just do something for your upper back or even band pull apart. Then just try to do a squat, try to do a, a lunge variation and try to do a deadlift. Like just seven fundamental movements. And if you include them, if you look at any decent gym program, that those movement patterns will be ingrained there, whether it's done through free weights, body weights, kettlebells, dumbbells, machines. If you train those movement patterns, that's going to give you a full bang for your buck. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. There's the recipe for success between the likes of the foods, your nutritional knowledge, not a diet, and most certainly exercise. Adrian, I majorly appreciate you coming on and taking your time to uh, come and be a guest on the likes of this podcast. But where is the best place for people to reach out to you and look most certainly at your content and maybe reach out to you in further programs that you'll be holding? Uh, Colin, first of all, pleasure being on and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed our time together. And for anyone who wants to learn a bit more about myself or my content, just shoot me a follow on Instagram. So my Instagram handle, it's Mac Lifestyle Fitness. That's MC Lifestyle Fitness. 
And there you can learn a bit more about me and some of my content. And I think I've links for my podcast as well. But just drop me a follow on Instagram. I'm always happy to connect with anyone, anyone new. Yeah, perfect. Right, Adrian Gormila Marcus. That's uh, Camila Falta, a bit of Irish tone in the mix that just came out to me naturally. Wearing the likes of the Galway top for Adrian on this day, the Galway <laughs> man. What are the chances? And that wasn't pre planned either. It wasn't <laughs> pre planned. Awesome. Awesome. Coleman, thanks so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Free yes, take. Thank you. Bye bye. One in February, so you that one in the meantime, that change the past and you change the future. Why? We are then going to look at it in Ash, March the 8th to the 10th. It's the four base down in Scully, West Constance, which is East Gregory, which is Spikes. You add Sauna, you have nutrition, you go your own, push it out, and Jody in between. You Ireland, not with the people that crew, that's for sure. Then we have Following that, we have the likes of the Camino, which is sold out. Just telling you, love to point that out. If not in fast, places go. We have May the 10th and 12th, okay, also another retreat. We have the likes of June the 28th to the 30th, and we have September the 13th to the 15th. These are all events that you can gain advantage of weekends away, friends or family members. You just go on your own because about 70% of people do come on their own and they make friends for life. Okay? Or not interested in any of those different dates or events down in uh, Skull, West Cork. Three days, two nights of fun filled organic activities. Send me a DM, I'll send you the link. Oh, get on that good stuff. You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast.